Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Joe Donnelly. Joe is a writer for PC Gamer and has written quite a few articles about the Dark Souls series. Uh, I think me and him have an extremely interesting conversation and it kind of goes all over the place. Uh, Unfortunately, we had some audio difficulties in this one. So his audio track at times gets a little bit difficult to understand. And then there's a whole section towards the middle that just we just lost completely, unfortunately. Uh, But I still think it's a good 45, 50 minutes of really good content. And it's a really fun chat with Joe. And it was really great to to meet him and to be able to interview him, even though he spent most of this episode trying to interview me, (laughs) um, as you will hear. Uh, So yeah, just with that warning, uh, enjoy this episode. Which is good because, like, we're kind of at a at a dead zone for Dark Souls news of any kind, anyway, for the next several months. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what do you think of the series itself? Do you think? Um it live a comeback in any capacity or do you think that it's completely done now you know I, I go back and forth on this because uh with namco's involvement with from and making dark souls i kind of just like i've got a picture in my head of them just handing like just putting a bag with a dollar sign on top of a table and, and just like keeping stacking those bags until miyazaki says fine fine we'll do dark souls 4 but uh yeah. I, I but i really don't know like i i i I would think that with Miyazaki as president of that company, that he would want to do some original IPs at this point. And that's kind of like what they've hinted at. So I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm very hopeful that they don't like, I'd like to see just what those dudes can do, you know, without the, the without the restriction of having to be flames and fires and souls and Gwen's yeah. children yeah. and all of that. So yeah. And all the <laughs> speculation that comes with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What about you? What, what do you want to see him go? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty torn as well. I mean, it's on the one hand, you know, I love Dark Souls, and I would love to see to see more from from the universe. I mean, there's some parts which haven't been explored as thoroughly as others, but at the same time, as it is, uh, you know, maybe just you have to put some things to bed. And, and kind of, I thought Dark Souls Three was brilliant. Um, maybe not as as good as one for me, but you know, it kind of bowed out on a on a high, um, which. I, I, I would hate to see that sullied just because, you know, people were demanding it. And like you said, I mean, there was big money in it. Um, but equally, I love Bloodborne and I'd like to see more of that. But at the same time, yeah, it'd be nice to see Miyazaki go somewhere completely different. Um, just to, if for nothing else, even if I didn't like it, I suppose it would make me appreciate Dark Souls more, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Like, if, even if it's not, even if they go back to, like, the cookie cutter of the world or whatever, like, even if you just know that Dark Souls 1 was even more magical to come out of that studio if they don't do anything good ever again, which is probably not going to happen. I, th- I think those guys are going to make some, some pretty good games in the future. I kind of expected them to show face at E3, though. I thought something from From would have pop- popped up at some point. Um, so I was a little bit disappointed when he didn't, um, whether that means that, you know, the working on something else behind the scenes and it's not quite ready yet or they're just taking a break maybe whatever works for them but i was kind of secretly hoping and then slightly disappointed when nothing showed up uh, earlier this month i was very not secretly hoping like i was very like just like we were in a, a discord channel me and my buds and we were just like okay because they said something like this is going to be something from like this specific to sony and i was like okay here we go demon souls remaster or demon souls 2 or whatever the hell it is like i'm okay let's do it and it was like spider-man at the end and i was like oh okay well that's <laughs> that's fine like i'll buy the spider-man game i'm into it but like it's not it's not from software 
I, I was yeah, I was really surprised they weren't at E3, but you know, there's still I guess Gamescom and TGS and the PlayStation Experience and all that stuff to to look forward to in the year. But it's I think that if Sony had gotten some sort of from software game in there, like I think that would have. Because I think I don't know about you, but a lot of people that I've listened to talk about those shows were were kind of disappointed in Sony's conference or you know presentation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I yeah, Sony's so strong in recent years. You know, I mean, people have um, were almost expecting more because there was almost no indie presence either from Sony mm-hmm. uh, and and things that they've done so well in the past. It seemed to it seemed to be a kind of step backwards this year. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I found. I found to be honest, uh, I found E3 overall this year slightly underwhelming, and I'm not really sure why. I mean, there were some cracking games that I thought, yeah, I mean, I can really, I can really buy into that. But overall, I thought the whole thing seemed a little bit, um, I don't, not as quite as exciting or as enigmatic as it's been in past years. Um, but maybe I'm just getting old and grumpy and moaning about it too much. <laughs> that's, that's, I, I feel both, by the way. Like I feel both disappointed and also old and grumpy. Uh, but <laughs> you know, a lot of the stuff that we're seeing is impossible to tell. Like that, it looks you know with Sony hammering in 4K and HDR and Sony hammering in 4K and HDR that you literally can't see the difference in. Like my, the stream yeah. was so bad from Sony, I was watching it at like 320p. Like I wasn't even watching that in HD, much less 4K or HDR or any of that stuff. So none of that stuff matters to me when they show it. And yeah, yeah. a lot of those stuff they've already shown in the past. Like we've already seen a lot of the stuff. So yeah. it, yeah. I was kind of like, yeah, yeah. But again, I, I kind of chalked that up to like I've seen a lot of this E3 stuff. Like I've been watching it. I've been paying attention to it for quite a number of years because I like video games, and that's video game mecca, right? So I, maybe it's just me being you know old and jaded at this point. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at um, Ubisoft as well, or Ubisoft, however you want to pronounce it, and one of the big kind of shocks and star moments was Beyond Good and Evil 2, and I mean, I loved the original Beyond Good and Evil, but for one, it was, I mean, it was a seismic shift in tone, it's nothing like the original, and it was just CGI, I mean, it was just a trailer, and I understand the hype, I understand why people are, you know, really buying into it, but at the same time, I mean, this is a game that's been in development, like, for a million years and it's <laughs> it, it was it's just a video and i mean it did look it was beautiful don't get me wrong um but even um seeing michael ansel on stage and getting all the developers up and stuff and i don't know i just feel like for the people who do buy into that series um or that game now that it's becoming a series i mean they've been hanging around for so long and i understand that they're buying into that but at the same time it felt a bit cheap. It felt like, you know, you've not actually got anything to show at this point. Um, and you talked before about, you know, stuff that we've already seen. And, okay, this was new, but it doesn't really prove anything in, in five, six, seven years' time whenever this game comes out. Because it doesn't look like they've started yet. No. It might not be anything like that. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be like that <laughs> at, at all. <laughs> the uh, But you, you look at something that Ubisoft put out, uh, which was that, that Mario and Raymond game, that Mario and Rabbids game. And that just, I think, totally took everybody by surprise, even though it had kind of leaked that that was, that was the thing. Like, it was going to be a Mario and Rabbids game, but it having, like, XCOM combat just blew everybody away. And that was probably, like, I don't even own a Switch, and I, pro- and I hate Rabbids. Like, I hate that art design, and like, with a passion. But I came out of that, that just that demo that they did thinking, like, I want to play that game. Like, I actually want to go buy that game today if I could. So... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean that's it. It's weird. Like I'm being hard on everything else. There were moments that, yeah, like that, um, which which were exciting, um, and I quite fancy Code Vein as well, the Bandai Namco one, which they were kind of riffing off of the the, the Dark Souls um, axiom to try and promote it. And um, well, it looks, I, I thought, it, I actually thought when it was first being teased, it could be something from From. It's obviously not, um, but I mean that looks quite exciting as well. Yeah, that's the is that the anime Souls thing that everyone talks about? 
I go back and forth on that because it looks really pretty. And then like, it's just, there's like an anime face there and I'm like, wow, it just looks, doesn't look like it is even belongs in this world. This is so weird. So. <laughs> well, tell me, um, like where did you start playing dark souls at or starts playing souls games? Did you start all the way back to demon souls or did you pick it up recently? Started with um, Dark Souls when it when it first came to PC actually so not um, not a million years ago. I've since tried to go back to Demon Souls and it's one of those games that I, I really struggle to play because it's hard <laughs> and I hate I hate it when people um, people kind of like pigeonhole Dark Souls as a hard game and get put off. But it's a game that I know that I will enjoy. But I need to. It's got a tougher exterior and a tougher learning curve, I think, than Souls. I think would be fair to say. And mm-hmm. it's just finding time with all the, you know, the myriad of games that are coming out. I need to go back and just spend, you know, like I don't know, a month solid to get into it. Um, but Dark Souls itself was when it first came to PC, and I adore it. I must have I've lost count of how many times I've played it. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, Dark Souls. T- um, I know it gets a bad rap. I, mean, I still think it's the weaker of the of the three um, Dark Souls games, but I've played that a few times. And Souls Three, I'm on. I think my fourth playthrough now. But um, yeah, my fourth playthrough. And it's I've been talking about finding time because uh, I do this for a living. It's it's want to be keeping up with all the big games that are coming out. And you know, I'll jump back into Souls just to and I'll try something new. And then before you know it, you've sunk. 10 hours into it and you're really planning to jump in for half an hour um and it's yeah it's a vicious cycle but no i love it it's 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 such a i find something new every time when i play it um, mm-hmm. that i didn't know first time particularly the original dark souls uh, and then i start researching of course you know a million people on the internet have already discovered this because obviously they have in terms of how dedicated the community is and then i'll read all up on it and then i'll go back and then i'll find something new and then the cycle starts again but <laughs> Love it. How much uh, when you play these games for the first time? Are you are you the kind of person that tries to go in as blind as possible and try to learn everything for themselves? I tried the first time to go in blind, uh, but admittedly, as as times went on, I've, I've researched more and more through the wikis. Uh, I know that some people, some of my colleagues, think that's you know heresy that you should be going in blind and, and working out by yourself, but. I, I personally find um, by jump by nipping into the community and just seeing even old forums which you know nobody's spoken for maybe a year or two or three. I, I love just finding out you know discovering when people first discovered how to do I don't know you know Taurus Demon or something you know when they first discovered the plunging attack or whatever. Um, I, I find that you know the kind of camaraderie that goes along with that. I, I, I like doing it that way. Um, I, I tried to do Souls three completely blind until about halfway through it, and then I started you know kind of looking. Looking for hints and tips just to um, just to make sure I was kept going. Yeah, be yourself. It's well, it's 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 one of those hard things, right? Because I want to go in. Uh, my, my friend Gary Butterfield from Bonfire Side Chat always says, uh, like, he's only going to be able to play with these for the first time once, like, and that's going to be it. So he's going to go in as blind as possible. And I, I understand that and I feel that, but at the same time, I'm like, but I want to get all of the things. And like, there's just no way I'm going to find all of the things at the, by myself. Like, it's just not going to happen. Um, so I, I, I try to go in like with, uh, Bloodborne. I think I was pretty much blind most of the way through, uh, with Dark Souls three, I was, uh, pretty much blind all of the way through. One of my friends kind of pointed out one thing, which, uh, you know, when you find Sigurd at the, in the, in the well, like I, I had missed that. So he pointed yeah. me out to that, which was good because it set me up for the rest of that quest, which I got by myself, which yeah. I was really, really happy with. So it's, it's. Yeah. 
it's hard, right? Like, cause you don't want to spoil the game for yourself, but also you want to see the game, what the game has to offer. Like, and from software is one of the rare developers that has the courage to like hide their game from people <laughs> and just not care that people might miss it. So it's interesting. I mean, I think that's in, in the placement of the DLC, I know that the, the most recent one is, is, um, it's just obviously the end of the game, but you know, you, they've been, for example, the first time when I, when I played Bloodborne, uh, I completed it and then got the DLC and then realized that, um, I had to get all the way back up to when you first get by the cathedral, you know, and it was kind of like, ah, oh, geez, you know, <laughs> nothing is ever straightforward in these games. It's always a challenge. <laughs> the uh, the DLC for Dark Souls One was probably some of the most like weirdest stuff that I've ever like. I remember like, getting it for the first time and like, okay. I'm going to go look around for myself because I was playing on 360. So it had been out on PC for a little while. Uh, the DLC had, um, and, but I loaded up my 360 save finally. And I was like, I'm going to go learn all this stuff for myself. And I like spent up like an hour looking around and trying to figure stuff out. And just like, I know what, like, what, what do I do? There's no, there's not even a clue. <laughs> and, and you go online and you're like, Oh yeah, go kill the gold golem. And, and I'm like the what and the where <laughs> I didn't even know about that. Yeah. I mean, even in, in the original souls where, when you make the trip back to um, Undead Asylum, you know, like if you don't hang about in the nest for long enough, you don't get picked <laughs> up. And it's things I just think, who, who discovered that without, without you know, looking up wikis when they weren't there? You know, before the first person had written about it, how did they know? Because you, you need to hang about for two, two seconds. Who's going to do that? <laughs> do you know, like. Oh, I, I just always picture somebody like uh, curling up into a ball and then getting a phone call and setting the controller down and then like looking up in the middle of the phone call going like, what the hell? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think that has to be it. I mean, that goes the same for even finding um, the, like most of the illusory walls. I mean, there's so many that you could overlook throughout the whole game, throughout the whole series. Oh, there's so many of them. Like, there's still some in Dark Souls 2 that I like. I just don't know how to get through. Like, I don't, I don't understand. So I just kind of ignore. I remember watching um, this yeah. LP with um, Kay Plays. If you've ever seen her LP, and uh, yeah, yeah, she she figured out like what illusory walls were. She was going through the game like properly blind, right? Like she's not looking at anything, and she figured it out. And then she spends like the next two episodes basically pressing X on every single wall. It is the most boring thing to watch ever. <laughs> Because what else are you going to do? Like that's the only way to find that stuff, just to you know methodically yeah. go through every single piece of architecture in there. Yeah, but as you say, I mean that. I mean, I mean, me like he's spoken before about um, underplaying the difficulty of Souls games and to sell it to executive higher up. But you imagine trying to explain that to someone who's wanting to fund your game. You know, I'm going to make this game where, yeah, you can complete it a certain way, but I'm also going to add down all these barriers which are invisible, which you can only discover as if you run about pressing X in front of every single wall. You know, they're going to laugh at you. So the way that, the fact that he gets away with it um, and has done is, oh, it's, it's amazing. It, it's, it's a testament to how well the game design is that um, he can. He's probably doing that without even telling anybody. He's just like, yeah, like this is the yeah. full game, and they play it. And they're like, oh yeah, we definitely want to fund this. What do you mean? There's a whole area yeah. we didn't see. <laughs> no, I um, mean you, you spoke about Bloodborne before, and in, in terms of getting blind, I mean I essentially did Bloodborne the same. I think I went to the end blind, um, and it's a lot more straightforward than Souls. Well, it could be argued that it is. But what I found interesting is that quite a lot of people that I've spoke to, certainly games writers, is you now they, they've really bounced off the Souls series for a number of reasons: time, difficulty, whatever, and just haven't been able to to sink in it properly. They've then played Bloodborne, got on a little bit better. And then thought, you know what, I'm going to go back and give it a shot. And with what they've learned from Bloodborne, you know, no shields, for example, they've been able to adapt and eventually get into souls. I think that's brilliant as well. 
Yeah, I've talked to a lot of people uh, that start with Bloodborne as their entry point. Have basically just moved backwards with you know whatever consoles they had available to them, right? So start with Bloodborne and like, okay, Dark Souls three's out. I'm going to play it. Okay, well let me go buy Scholar. And okay, how do I play Dark Souls one? Okay, I got to get a PS three because I want to play Demon Souls <laughs> and just move all the way backwards through the series, which is kind of fascinating. Like I've heard people. It seems like, for the most part, people that whatever Souls game they play first is the Souls game that they come to love more than anything. And I know that's true for me. Is, is that I'm guessing that's true for you as well? Just from the sound of yeah. you talking about it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it's man. I just I can't. I just I played Dark Souls once so much when I found it. Like I, that was to the exclusion of almost everything else in my life. Like my hobby up to that point was you know like video games or you know IT stuff or home theater stuff. And then my hobby just became Dark Souls. <laughs> it wasn't even video games anymore. And then all of a sudden, like every other game, if you have a you know a marathon soul session, which tends to be what happens when you start playing Souls games, as you well know, um, you go and play. So I was playing, a, I was playing a Souls three um, playthrough at the minute. I'm doing a pyro build, and it was the first time I used pyro in, in Souls three. And then I went straight off that into Prey. Uh, now Prey is a great game, but all of a sudden I'm first person. I'm in this really confined space station, and it's nothing like it's nothing like Souls. And then any third person game I'm playing. Reminds me of Souls, and it's like uh, it's just unfair against every other game as well. <laughs> <laughs> I called it Soulsitis, and that's that's what killed uh, Skyrim for me. Like Skyrim came out, or I, I I played Skyrim for the first time around when I first started playing Dark Souls One, and I was like, oh, first oh, person, okay. this isn't good. Oh, this combat, this is bad. I'm going to go back to PvP in Dark Souls. I'm done. <laughs> I didn't. I don't even think I got out of the starting area. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'd already played Skyrim quite extensively before Souls, and for that, I'm actually grateful because I love Skyrim as well. Uh, I've only went back to it once when when the special edition came out um, towards the end of last year, but it was for something I was writing and I was I was focused on that. But yeah, I find it. I find it. I, if I'm going to play Dark Souls, I need to think right. What big games are coming out? Maybe it's not the best time <laughs> to have another. Because <laughs> I can't be judging fairly against another game because that's not fair. <laughs> Near Automata and Persona Five drop in the same week. Time to start a new Dark Souls three build. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Nier Automata is really good as well. It, 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 I was the exact same. You know, the, the combat felt too floaty. It wasn't heavy. And again, I've been back to myself, going, "Right, come on, serious head on this. It doesn't matter if it's Dark Souls or not. This is a good game." <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the middle of Nier right now, and I, I just I love it so much. I love it to pieces. So I'm, yeah. I'm so excited to get, get all 26 endings eventually. But yeah, it was a real surprise as well. That, that kind of felt like um, it kind of felt for me anyway. I, I mean, I, I like platinum games, but I wasn't, and it was coming out. But I wasn't thinking, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be anything extra special. And then I played the, you know, the opening mission where you, you can't save and it takes you like quite a while to get to the kind of end boss. I died. I had to start again. I thought, fuck this, this is so annoying. <laughs> um, I, I, back and I, think I took a day off or something and back and I played it through again. And then after that, the game just completely opens up. It just, it just completely changes. And I was. Oh my god! Imagine I had given up after that boss, and I was so glad that I stuck with it. And um, I've not racked up every single ending, but I must have racked up over a dozen or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really really good game. Yeah, it's it, it's a lot of fun. I was such a huge fan of the original, so when uh, I heard that Platinum was doing the the sequel, I was like, okay, so now it's going to be good in both like a story way and a gameplay mechanics way. Okay, I can I can handle this. How do you so. feel it stands up? Because I never played the original myself. I. I uh, you know, I'm, I've got a friend that's going back and, and playing it after because he's so in love with Automata that uh, he, he wanted to go back. So I'm kind of curious what he's going to say about it. But I remember the game being extremely clunky uh, overall, but having like kind of those weird like bullet hell 
moments in this like third person action adventure game or RPG. And then just being kind of floored with that, like having like that kind of openness and those changings of game styles. And then it does a similar thing, just kind of scaled back. Like it's new game plus, you know, starts you into a story that is totally different. Like it changes the context of what you thought was going on in this game. And then new game plus plus does the same thing. And then new game plus 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 does another different thing. So, um, I, I think it's really, really good, but I don't know that it holds up, especially after playing the new one, because the new yeah. one is so polished and easy to play. So, yeah. And <clears> as a voice for me, that's volumes just going back to dark souls is, I mean, I, I love dark souls three, but still dark souls one, um, especially with the, the, the graphics mods, you know, just go back in and it still is superior. No matter, no matter how many times I, I play three, I'm only playing my fourth place. I've not played it quite as much, but Souls One is still the still the, the ultimate. Oh, I, I started to run uh, recently just to you know just to mess around. Like I just hadn't played Dark Souls One in a while, so I you know started a new run, new street to build, and just you know going through the undead burg and going through the uh, the parish and the church area, like having all those areas loop back around on each other, and then the shortcut back to Firelink, and you just. It was almost like I knew it was coming, obviously, because I played the game so much. But it's still mind-boggling that they put that that first those first three four areas together and tied them all in like that. Like it's just it's just a yeah. like not to get not to get over emotional about it, but it's like a triumph of game design. Like it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it's it's so cool. And I mean, I know that so many commentators have said this, but I mean, one of those games where you, I mean, particularly after the Gargoyles fight, when you, when you're ringing the first bell, you know, you, you can look down and you can see Undead Bird, you know, you can, you can almost see Firelink is slightly obscured, you know, you, you've been there and you've got through all this and now you're here and, and the fact that you can do that and, and I just think that's, yeah, it's mind, mind boggling. It's, it's, and it makes you at the same time, like when you start ringing those bells, uh, and you realize that, oh, okay, I've been there, I've been there. And then you look around and you're like, I haven't been over there, though. What is that? <laughs> like, what is that giant, like, weird building over there? So I, I, it, it kind of just inspires your imagination. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what's, your, what's your favorite build, then, if you, if you haven't played so, so much? Um, so I'm, I'm a big PvP guy. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I have a build called, um, based around the spell Karmic Justice in the game. And uh, it's it's just the dumbest gimmick in the world. And if you know about the gimmick, it almost invalidates it. But there was a special amount of time in like 2012 that nobody really understood what karmic justice was. And it's it's a it's basically a suicide bomb. Like you you spec it out so that you're hitting it for as as much damage as you can, and then you just like if you get hit five times in a row, you get like this wrath of God purple explosion thing, and it kills people instantly. <laughs> and it. Yeah. It also activates if you die and they just keep hitting you. So I've got a bunch of videos on my YouTube of people like killing me in one hit, but they keep spamming R1 and trigger the blast and then kill themselves and I win. <laughs> so, uh, so, so that was my favorite dumb like gimmick build in Dark Souls 1. But like in an actual playthrough build, like I, I mean, the, just the giant strength weapons are always my favorite. Like that's, that's the yeah. fun stuff that you have the most fun with. What, what about you? What do you usually play when you start these games out? Probably my favorite is, um, is Pyromancy. It, it started out because I love the stories, the kind of unfortunate tales of the NPCs in Dark Souls. You know, um, you've got like Laurentius of the Great Swamp, who you know is, is obsessed with with going down, and and you eventually send him to Blake Town. And that first time when I went back down, um, I can't remember if I was going to be buying more pyromancy or for whatever reason I was going down there. And then you see him, and he's he's hollow. And I thought, oh my god, it's just, it's so sad. That was my fault. I could have kept him up there. Um, <laughs> but I just have the 
I'm 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 pretty. I'm not bad at doing you know the tactics up close mainly and everything, but my style in most every game is so. But I'm so kind of mix of mix of both. Um, when you spoke about, I don't really PvP at all, and so. Um, but you spoke. I wanted to ask you about this. You spoke there about um, the kind of suicide bomb kind of thing, which is essentially trolling when you're watching them continue to match one. I mean, how did you decide to come up with Fat Darkest then? Pretty much the same thing. There was a uh, at the time I was I was really into um, I was I was posting a lot on the something awful boards. And somebody there mentioned, um, like, hey, I want to make a Dark Moon build, and then I want to, like, block people's progress. And I was like, that's the greatest idea ever. Like, where's the place in Dark Souls that you could come up with that, you know, that you could have the most, you would have the most ability to block their progress? Like, because it's so open, you, people can just walk around you and then just keep going. Um, except for Sins, like, especially the top of Sins, where you can kind of just block people off for hours. Um, and... Yeah kind of had the idea of like, oh, well, Tarkus is the NPC there. Wouldn't it be funny if I invaded his Tarkus? And then I made this... In this <laughs> what happened is I had a Mildred gimmick that I was invading in Blighttown with, and then I just adapted her to be Fat Tarkus. And since she had like such the huge body like character creator thing, I just made him Fat Tarkus, and then there you go. <laughs> so it's, you know, I, I, liked, I like to troll and stuff like that in, in that game. For some reason, it just brought out the absolute worst in me, so... I'm, I'm, I only started it a couple of weeks ago. It took me so long to get it. Um, I'm reading Who Died at the minute, you know, Keza and Jason Killingsworth book. Obviously, you're in that quite a lot. And the bit I've just read was you said um, that you used to hang out at the back of uh, the archives, just maybe go into the, the Crystal Caves <laughs> and also troll people there. I mean, trolling seems to be something that you, you thoroughly annoy in Souls. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't know what it is about Dark Souls that really brings out the asshole in me, but uh, it, it, it really, really <laughs> does. Like, I'm I'm a pretty nice guy in, in, in real life. Like, I'm just a normal dude. <laughs> but there's something about... And I, I, I think I've mentioned it in that book, too, and during the interview. Like, I never really participated with multiplayer games before Dark Souls. Like, I, I wasn't an online shooter guy. I didn't... Like, it was just, you know, some just very very basic stuff like you know driving games mostly like playing burnout paradise with a bunch of buds drinking beers or whatever um and so dark souls was like the first time where i was like yeah i'm gonna go like kill somebody in this video game world and have a good time with it so it was pretty random (laughs) and i mean ganking seems to be something which really rubs some people the wrong way just you know even a cussy glance through the forums and stuff people i mean Peverson set up an anti-ganking covenant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when have you ever buddied up with someone and, and went ganking just to kind of cheese people off? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, this I'm supposed to be interviewing you, Joe. What what is this? <laughs> 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 people know all about me. It's okay. Yeah, definitely done that. Like, uh, just doing weird gimmick stuff. Like, we never, we wouldn't do it just to piss people off. Like, we just, like, me and a buddy of mine had, like, you know, four different bows that we would swap out during a fight and just do dumb stuff like that. Uh, But just, you know, get a high-level person and just wait for people to invade and try to kill them and, you know, just try to have fun with it. Um, I think the... I used to I used to invade a lot and get killed by gankers, and then they would send me hate mail, which was really bizarre to me. Like, that's just... Like you killed me, I lost. <laughs> like, why are you sending me a hate mail telling me how crappy I am? Like, what are you doing with your life that this is happening? Did, you, you mentioned you don't do much PvP. Did, did you ever get like hate mail or anything, or did were you just kind of sticking to summon, sticking to summoning? Yeah, just basically sticking to summoning. Um, no, 
never got any got any hate mail. I mean, one of the things I find quite interesting about Souls, and it's probably because most of the communication is down to you know the, the salutes and and, and um, you're not really speaking to someone um, kind of face to face or whatever. I think that the kind of honor system of invading is something that really interests me. You know, so even if you look on like the, the forums and stuff, and people are talking about you know Estes chuggers bankers and stuff, <laughs> and I mean. It's, it's strange when you said that about the people ganging you and ending you hate mail. Like there seems to be these kind of unwritten rules that really rub people the wrong way, but at the same time, they are unwritten. Do you know? It, I always, I always find it. I mean, this probably applies to the internet in general, but people get themselves so worked up uh, at something which is, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not. You can play as you want, I suppose, and yeah, I don't know why people get so so uptight about it and so upset. <laughs> It's it's really bizarre, right? Um, like it's, it's specifically with Dark Souls, but I, and like just like you just said, like it, there's weird like cultural norms that people have on the internet in general. But with Dark Souls, like, hey, you invaded me and you didn't bow, and that's not fair, or that's not honorable. And I'm like, yeah, I invaded your world. Like I broke into your house and I'm stealing your shit. Like I'm not gonna like say hi before I take your TV out the door. Like that's not the way that this works, man. <laughs> like you should be trying to kill me. You should be trying to eject me from your world as fast as possible. So I. I, it's always really weird to me that they, these systems started up around Dark Souls, and I, I have friends that I know that are like, "Yeah, we're gonna bow and we're gonna have a good fight," and like they, they kind of treat it as like a like a fun loving adventurer. Like we're gonna all have like a, a nice sword fight, and I'm and that Dark Souls was never that for me. Dark Souls was always about killing the other person as fast as possible <laughs> and not being because you're it's not a nice world, right? Like like think about anything that you know about Dark Souls, and it's it's not a nice place to be. No, no, I'll just train to think like that. I mean, even even going back to like ganking, you you'll have some guys that are just guys that are interested in just buddying with a friend and going through the store co-op, and then someone invades, and then so say they're playing with two other friends, or three of them, someone invades, and the three of them kill that person, and then the person gets complains he was ganked or she's ganked, but you invaded, you say even the breaking out of someone's fist is a good analogy because you've broken anyone else's game. Why shouldn't they team up on you? You know, if someone's sitting in my house and I'm sitting with two of my mates, I'm, they're not going to say, you know, we're going to do it to stop the problem. And <laughs> Absolutely. And you get really upset with <laughs> Hey everyone, Jeremy here. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this is that section that we totally lost. Not sure exactly what happened, and I don't know what we were talking about. So we're just going to bounce right back into the conversation like nothing ever happened. Thanks. Absolutely. Yeah. Like just to have it's just, just, just please, <laughs> just, just to give me yeah. one, one, just one second to breathe. Oh, man. That's I, mean, so I think fun. the people that manage the, to do it in, in Souls Level 1, I mean, I've watched it so many times on YouTube, people doing, you know, naked builds. Uh, and I, I just, I mean, I, I sometimes wonder if it's the same game that I'm playing. <laughs> because, I mean, as much as I love Souls, I, I couldn't get that good. I just could not get that good. And they just make, obviously, they make it look so easy, so effortless, as if, yeah, this isn't a big deal, you know. Um, Lobos gets brought up on this podcast a lot because he just makes it look like just second nature. And, like, I always point out, like, he's managing his chat. He's... You know, he's, he's yeah. talking to people and he's also doing these incredibly hard thing and making them look effortless. And like, I just, I'm just not, I'm just not that person. Like I'm never going to be that person. What's the, yeah, did, like, yeah. have you done any, have you, have you done like a soul level one run in Dark Souls one? Like, have you done anything like that? Or are you do? No, I've, you know, I've, I've not even, I've not even tried it because I, I genuinely don't think I could. 
Um, maybe one day, but I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm more, I'm most content knowing that people that can do it exist, and you know, all power to them. I think it's fantastic, but I just don't think it's something that I could do. What about yourself? Have you just just the soul level one run and uh, yeah. And Dark Souls one, and then you know, like some some dumb stuff like magic only and things like that, which I always yeah. do. Like up to like I'll do that for a few hours, and I'm like, okay, I've had enough of this. I'm done. Yeah, I don't I don't, yeah. I don't need to go any further than this. I uh, I wish I enjoyed it more to a certain extent, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad that I don't because that I think I would get too frustrated to end up liking the game afterwards. You know how like when you finish yeah. something that's that hard and you just never want to look at it again, you're like, okay, I'm never. Yeah, yeah that, that's I feel like I would just never play the game again after I did that. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of how I feel as well. It would be, like I said before about you know souls is grueling, um, but in a in a kind of itch you shouldn't scratch way for me. You know, like I, I love the fact that it's hard and challenging, but at that at that level, you know, souls one or, or you know, just some of the magnificent things that these guys do, I think it would turn it into something I would lose. You know, I would I would I would maybe turn against it, which is something I really really don't want. Um, I, I don't know how they manage it. I mean, even the you spoke there about. Um, about someone playing and, and being able to hold a chat and just all these things and it's second nature. I mean, that feeds into the speedrun community as well. Oh, yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, how, how they're able to do the game in such a time, you know, whilst managing a chat, whilst I know that they, they, they kind of map the world and they learn every route, but still, I mean, some of that is, is breathtaking. Well, and, the, and not even that, but just the patience. Like, I watched a dude practice... Um, I don't know what it was. It was some skip. I think it was in Dark Souls 3, but it was some specific skip to get to a part, right? And, like, he's got a save loaded right there so that he can do the, like, the weird jump and the backwards, you know, hop to to get into, like, negative space and then walk around everything and skip a bunch of stuff. And he did it, like, ten times in a row. Perfect. And he's like, okay, I think I've got it. I'm going to start the game. And then he starts the game over and starts from scratch. He's going to go to an official run. He gets there, which is like, you know, like 45 minutes into the game or something. Um, I don't remember the yep. exact account, but whatever. But yeah. a significant amount of time into the game, and then he fails it. And he's like, okay, got to start over and do it All again. Right. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, <laughs> like you're just going to start over and not, and let's just practice at that point? Oh, man, you're yeah. killing me. I know, I know. And then there's the guys that get within, you know, like one or two seconds or even less, you know, like tenths of a second of the world record, but don't quite get it. And it's the same idea. It's kind of, okay, right, well, how do I cut more time off? Let's start again. And I think, man, like, <laughs> I'm sitting, you know, eight hours in and you've just done it in, like, 20 minutes or whatever it is. <laughs> I, I don't know how they do it. I, I just, like, to me, that's just such the opposite way of the, that I'm wired. Like, I just I couldn't make myself do that much work to shave off a couple yeah. of seconds. And and just like you said, like, super appreciative of it. Like, every every year that AGDQ and SGDQ comes around, like, me and my wife, like, w- like pick out our favorite games and, like, schedule our week mm. around it, right? Like, we're like, oh, <laughs> crap, there's a there's a Mario block, and we love Mario. Oh, crap, we have to watch the Tetris block. The Tetris block is the best. Like, all that stuff. <laughs> but, uh, like, I love that stuff. I love that it exists, but it's just no interest, especially with the Souls games. Yeah, I mean, it speaks... I know that it's obviously... It's not exclusive to Souls games. You do get this in... In a number of different communities, in a number of different games, but when I mean, it speaks volumes for the communities that and the game itself, that there's so much you can do. You know, there's so many challenges. There's so many because that's. I mean, the speedrunning community is completely different to yeah, I don't know the people who are doing Souls Level One, and you know everybody the people are doing Magic Only runs. They're all doing their own thing, and okay, they might overlap and interlace, but when they're doing that one thing, it's very specific to that one group, uh, and I think that. The fact that you can do so much with a game, particularly speedrunning, because you're not supposed to do it that way. You know, like you're not supposed to find glitches and all that kind of stuff. But people do, and I know that upsets some people. Some people say, "Well, that's you know, it's not a proper speedrun because you're 
finding ways to cheat the map and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, they did still find it, and then they've improved on it and they've mastered it. So I think that you know, I think that deserves you know credit when credit's due. Switching gears entirely for a moment. Um, yeah, we, we we talked about Bloodborne just for a bit, but I kind of want to get your impressions of Bloodborne as a as a Souls game because it's so dramatically different from. For both from a mechanical perspective and from a storytelling perspective, like whereas the Souls games are a little bit more slower and methodical, Bloodborne speeds that up, and you kind of want to be more aggressive and and you know get in there and, at- and attack. And then from a storytelling yeah. point of view, like Dark Souls kind of leaves a bunch of stuff open for interpretation, whereas Bloodborne is much more. No, this is what happened. This is you know point A, yeah. point B, point C. Where, where how did you how did you feel about that? Like when you started realizing kind of what all of Bloodborne was. Yeah, I mean. It's- quite strange because obviously at first it does feel like a souls game even even the ui is quite souls like you know obviously um there's no estus and you obviously you can recharge your estus when you die and it's not the case in, in bloodborne with the with the vials so that's obviously made it different i think the point where i realized it was completely different was and i've not i've, I've only played bloodborne through twice so i can't actually remember exactly where it is I think it might be slightly after the first boss. That could be completely wrong, so don't quote me on that. But you find a shield in Bloodborne, and it's it's just a wooden shield which does absolutely nothing. <laughs> and I found the shield, and I was like, "Oh yes, a shield!" And uh, and I was like, "Ah, oh, this is again talking about Miyazaki, possibly kind of golden players, and it's, it's completely worthless." Um, and that's when I kind of realised that this this really isn't a Souls game. Um, in terms of in terms of how I feel about it, I don't know. Like, I still in my mind, I kind of compartmentalized Bloodborne with Souls because there is a lot that shares in common um, but like you said I mean there's so much about it that's so so different uh, and I don't know when I'm I, I know I just said that I can compartmentalize them together but at the same time if ever I think about the Souls series I do think about it differently from Bloodborne um, but I don't know it's there's, there's, there's merits in both isn't there I mean the, there's something to be said about the kind of clear-cut story, but then again, I don't know that that would work in Dark Souls. Do you know what I mean? Sure, yeah. Because in I've heard a lot of different analogies for or metaphors for um, Dark Souls storytelling, and you know, like it's like a it's like a history book with pages torn out, or it's like a broken yeah. window that you're trying to reassemble, or it's a puzzle that yeah. you know you're missing pieces for. And and Bloodborne definitely isn't that. I with the the sequels i think i think dark souls one does that very very well i think the sequels continually do it less well as as this as the series goes on dark souls 2 is kind of weird because it it went a totally different direction like it's telling these interesting like little tiny short stories with its dlc and with its npcs whereas dark souls 3 it felt like there were like five people writing that story and they all had different ideas like oh wait we're about to release let's let's write something that brings all this stuff together (laughs) like um so I, i it's I like Dark Souls. Excuse me, Bloodborne has probably my favorite story out of the games. Even though I'm not much of a Lovecraft guy, like I don't like I, I've read some yeah. of the books and I, I enjoy it, but it's not like that's not what I grew up with, like a lot of people or anything. Um, yeah, I, I just I like the fact that it's all kind of closed and and done. Like I think that's that makes yeah. the story a little bit more enjoyable for me. Yeah, I mean Yarnum is a beautiful, particularly towards the end when things go crazy. Yarnum's a beautiful setting. Um, and it's interesting because, like, I know quite a lot of people who have been put off by the Soul series and Bloodborne because of the um, because of the kind of HP Lovecraft or even the kind of gothic thing. And there's always the you know the the argument or the speculation that there should be a sci-fi Souls game. <laughs> but then again, that seems so removed from what I associate with Souls that 
I can I don't know. I mean, I might enjoy it, but that would be so different that I don't know. I, I don't know how that would possibly work. <laughs> it's um, you know, it's it's really weird. Like, because the surge just came out, and I, I haven't played it yet, but um, like a, a lot of my friends have, and they're like, okay, like it's yeah. It's it's very much you know of a type where you want to say you want to play it like a Souls game, but then like you start playing it, and apparently it's it doesn't play like a Souls game at all. You have to play it very differently. But yeah. um, there's something about the aesthetic to the sci-fi stuff that I I don't like as much as I like maybe the sword and board stuff. And then like you all of a sudden you have to deal yeah. with ninety percent of your weapons are ranged and like nothing like and it's, so now I have a like a shield to block enemies shooting lasers at me or something like I just. Just like you said, like I have no idea how you incorporate like the kind of melee melee stamina based combat into a sci fi game without just making it Dark Souls with the lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> I, I think that feeds into the lore as well because, and I might just be I might just be being obtuse in my mind because I refuse to um, imagine what a sci fi Souls would be like. But there's something about Lord Ranar, you know. There's something about Lothric. There's something about even Yarnum that it's it's abandoned you know like the, the, there's these trying events which have happened that have left it decrepit now i mean you could you could have that you often have that in sci-fi games where you've got an abandoned space station or whatever but it's you know in space or in a sci-fi world it's i imagine it to be a lot more contained and therefore i don't know i just i just couldn't see the, the, the kind of core themes as i interpret them um overlapping but again that's maybe because i'm i'm in a bit of denial about you know i refuse to to see it in a sci-fi setting but yeah i just think yeah like you said there's so much of it which i would really struggle to see actually work um lore wise setting wise and yeah just basically everything i suppose i usually ask this towards the beginning of the show but i, I kind of slipped into it slipped off of it because we were <laughs> kind of just going all over the place um yeah but how did you how did you come to find like the lore when you started playing these games because it's it's such a weird way to tell a story in a video game like there's no audiobooks there or like you know audio clips that you're playing or anything like that and it's it's almost hidden from the player like like a lot of it is hidden from the player yeah how did, I mean, how did you start twigging onto that stuff it, to be honest i mean we spoke quite at the start about quite into the start about going in blind i'm not sure how much of the story i would have appreciated if i'd remained blind as, as far as i could have could have went it was really only and again a, a lot of people um you know said you're better kind of trying to work out yourself and i completely get that if that's their style but it was only really when i started to kind of you know pay attention to the wikis and you know watch um people like vati and and you know kind of like discussing the lore and all of a sudden i started thinking my god i would never ever have been able to you know link a b to c but whenever someone said it to me it's like ah and it makes sense and then you spoke earlier on about uh, it's like you know a history book with some of the pages ripped out yeah, that, that's that's a perfect analogy because all of a sudden, by watching Batty or by going on the wikis or watching someone else, it was filling the pages back in. And I suppose um, the fact that you're able to have—I don't know—would you call people like Vati historians of Dark Souls? Probably uh, the fact that you're able to have that about a video game which has only been around for speaking to Dark Souls, only been around for six years, uh, and already people are you know retelling the lore as they did in history you know and i think that you i mean if you imagine like nobody had written anything down about mankind in real life what would we really know about you know hundreds of years ago and that that's how i see the lore if i hadn't if i personally if i didn't have all that stuff to to fall back on or to read i would have been pretty lost to be honest what were you <laughs> oh, s- same exact thing like uh i always go back to the moment i was watching um an e&b video and 
he was talking about the reason that you find the black armor set at the at the bottom of the uh cathedral next to the painted guardian mm. or next to yeah. the giant painting and like how like he was like yeah and this is this is the same armor that Tarkus wears and we know yeah. from this that Tarkus was on a quest to do this and I was like wait we know yeah. what that he would what <laughs> 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 and really just like short circuited my brain and thinking like outside of the box and like oh, I thought that this was just a guy they put there to to help me kill this boss and that was kind of rad yeah. carried a big sword but you're telling me he has like a story and like the trailers told the story of his attempt to get through the blah 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 and I'm like holy shit what are you talking yeah. about and that's it, I know. And it's so and you spoke already about how open to interpretation it is. And I mean a lot of the a lot of the stuff again, going back to Vati's stuff, I mean a lot of the stuff that he retells in a very professional way, the way he does it, is as if he is um a historian or, you know, making a documentary. But it comes up the sources at the bottom and it's just off of an armor set, like you said there, and it's like Shit! How did how did you do that? How did you how were you able to work that out? And then actually, it makes perfect sense. Why didn't I work it out? But part of me is happy that I didn't. Again, I mean, it'd be great if I was able to do it right away. Um, maybe the people that do are a lot more intelligent than I. But uh, I like the fact that it's there for me to consume as well. You know, like so, someone else has worked this out, and um, which is obviously what, what Miyazaki and From Software wanted. Uh, and if I don't work out, that's fine. Someone else has. And I love that. I love that I can then dig into the lore. Like, you would pick up a history book or watch a documentary on a history channel. You know, like, oh, yeah, those yeah. facilities are there. To- if there was, like, a... If, like, G4 was still around, I would imagine that they would have produced, like, a 45-minute, like, documentary on Lord Jiren, right? Like, I can see yeah, that, that yeah. video, right? Like, that would be a TV show or something, like, professionally Definitely. done. Yeah, that's a good idea. Having something on National Geographic or the History Channel would be would be perfect. Yeah, see how long it takes people to, to realize it's a video game that they're talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's it. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's so it's so well told, um, or you know, suggestively well told that yeah, that that would be perfect. And I, I guarantee you that a lot of people wouldn't realize it's a video game until they were told. <laughs> I always picture like the inside of Vadi's room, wherever he does his his lore thinks. Like he's just got a giant wall dedicated to like all of these different like lore pieces that he's pulled with red <laughs> yarn, like tying everything together. Like and he's yes, looking at the camera, like I know it. I'm almost there. I've almost cracked it. <laughs> <laughs> do you watch? Um, do you watch? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, that's actually yeah, the, 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 the image I had in my mind was that dude. Yeah. <laughs> Sylvia, whoever it is, in the mail room. <laughs> Well, Joe, thank you very much for, for guesting on the show, man. I really, really appreciate it. Um, thank you I just, for having me. Th- this has been a, a great time. Can you tell people where they can yep. find you on the internet? Yeah, um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I don't know why you would, but if you do, I'm at, uh, at Deco2000, D-E-A-C-O, and I'm a staff writer at PC Gamer, so uh, this feels like a, a corporate plug, but if you want to read PC Gamer, you can do on PCGamer.com. Or buy the magazine, <laughs> man. I can't. But you know, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's I, been I don't know. Pleasure. Th- thank you, man. This this was great. I I just like I know you probably weren't writing for PC Gamer back in like the early nineties, but um, like I've had so many issues of PC Gamer growing up. It was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's no, insane. it's great. I was the same, and uh, now I write for them, so it doesn't. Uh, I used to actually be a plumber uh, and gas fitter before I moved to writing, and to get paid to write about games for a living still to me doesn't feel like a real job so it's amazing that i can do that and come and talk to you about dark souls and yeah it's i love it um, yeah it's amazing well thanks again for guesting man i really appreciate it thanks mate thanks very much as always i've been your host jeremy greer you can find me on twitter at jg greer you can find the podcast at don't give up that is where i host 
host, excuse me. That's where I put all of the episodes as well as links to um, all of the guests and all of the social media networks that the podcast exists on. Um, you can go to Instagram specifically and find quick previews of each episode if you're looking for something to listen to but don't want to commit a full hour. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for sharing the show. Thank you for rating and reviewing this, the podcast on iTunes, which really helps us grow. And most importantly, remember, don't give up skeleton. Skeleton.